Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Thanks for tuning in again today. Uh, today I have a special guest, Lori Lococo, and she is uh, lives in my little town of Niagara Falls, which I've lived for, hmm, goodness, Lori, I'm thinking <laughs> over 30 years now. She is um, has been involved with many boards, and, um, and she was involved with Toastmasters, where she was uh, uh, basically the uh, part of the leadership organization. And this will be part of her bio, which you can read further. So, Laurie, thanks for uh, coming today. And I would say this is probably the first time I've had a politician on my on my podcast. So, you're you're this is a flagship for me. So, tell me a little bit about you, Laurie. Like, are you originally from uh, the area? And uh, tell me a little bit about you know what brings you to the space of service that you've decided to um, take part in. Thank you so much, Roxanne. It's really uh, exciting to be here. I really appreciate the time that you, you've given me. I don't consider myself a politician. I've never really been involved in politics. I grew up in Niagara Falls. I was born in Niagara Falls, lived my whole life here. And I, I think it's a great community. It's a different community than other communities because a lot of tourists come to our, our city. So a lot of us are in the service industry, whether we think we are or not. And throughout my life, I've been on a lot of different boards locally that served our community. And um, there was a point went with Toastmasters International, which is a communication and leadership organization. I served as an international director. And when I was finished that, I thought, well, what am I going to do next? Will I continue on with the organization? It is a volunteer organization. And if I was to go to the ultimate, which was international president, it would have taken another five to seven years. And being that I was not retired, like a lot of our, our leadership and Toastmasters are, it wasn't something that I could do. So I thought, well, I gained a lot of skills, a lot of knowledge, connected with a lot of people. Why don't I use those skills locally? And then I considered running for um, city council. So clearly then um, being involved in leadership, there were certain things that attracted you to uh, the role that you're playing today. So tell me, you know, what did you learn at uh, now Toastmasters? I, I've, I've actually, you know, years ago when I started to speak, I remember going to the one on Dunn Street, there was a, uh, location there and it really helps a lot of people that really want to learn how to speak you know like a keynote like myself but also just be able to speak to others generally what an amazing organization so what kind of things did did you learn from them that you kind of take forward today in kind of the work that you do being an international director or with any organization as you move along into the leadership role or um, within a company, I find that you get further and further away from the member or the client. But I think it's really important to do all of those roles, understand all of them so you know what your member is looking for. And what I, I learned at International Director, we have these strategic goals, we have pillars, we have core values, and you're working on those things. 
But when a member comes to you, they're bringing you an issue and it might seem small or unimportant to you at the time. But what I learned was it's the most important thing to them at that particular time. So no matter how busy I was or or how um, deep we got into our strategic plan or our other goals, I had to ensure that our member was taken care of, that their issue at that time was important to me. If I could solve it, I would. And if I couldn't, I would direct them in, in the direction of people who could solve their issues. So for me, that was a really important thing is making the member or the client feel important at that time that they're the only person that matters. I'm always known for turning off my phone when I'm with people. When I'm with a person, I'm with that person until we're, we're finished that conversation and then I will continue on. So making that person feel heard is really important, that they, they feel that their issue is important and be able to bring a solution to them. It might not be the solution that they're looking for, but hopefully they respect you because you've taken the time to work with them. You've taken the time to find out the answer, even if it's not the answer that they're looking for. So, you know, that's, uh, I think a quality that's very important with leadership is that that concept that, and I, I've often read about lots of uh, world leaders that people feel when they talk to them, like there's nobody else in the room and it could be a room filled with thousands and thousands of people. So to really be able to engage people at a deeper level and really like to your point, uh, you're not, you may not be able to solve every one of their, their concerns, but to really make people feel validated and heard that, you know, um, what, you're, what you're sharing with me is very, very important. I'll do my best. And I think sometimes leaders today are remiss in that, in that they're thinking, you know, let me give a tactical outcome. They're wanting, you know, that strategic high level kind of interface. But sometimes it's just uh, what I, I, I say, it's, it's heart to heart, uh, which is kind of that whole concept of authentic um, heart leadership, which is really where I kind of spend my, uh, my time. So let's talk a little bit about when you kind of were coming up in the ranks as a leader, were there some people that helped you get better as a leader? Can you remember one leader um, that kind of impacted you that made you think, wow, I like how he or she does that um, and, and qualities that maybe poten potentially emulate today in yourself? I, I think there were many leaders, many uh, bosses throughout my career that assisted me. Toastmasters International is an organization that is a mentorship organization. You learn by doing, you learn from others. And I found with Toastmasters International, specifically when I was running for my campaign for international director, people would give time very freely and talk to, talk to me about their experiences, what they did. And what I was able to do was pick different um, processes, different concepts from each different person. And I created my own sense of leadership, my own campaign to run for international director. And, and there was one, one particular boss that I had very early on, and she was um, very giving of her time. And I, I think that really made a difference at the beginning, having someone who would work with you, mentor you, and being that authentic person that, you know, I, I realized I could talk to her, we could try things. And um, I, I think that that's what leadership is all about. We, we look at our strengths, we look at our weaknesses, and try to focus on our strengths. If we do have weaknesses, which we all do, work with other people that can fill those gaps. 
to, to me, we're all here to assist people. It shouldn't be a competition. Just try, try to work with each other and uh, work towards that common goal, whatever that goal is. So Ari, as you know, I speak a lot about authentic heart leadership. So um, I'm just about to release my second book and it's, uh, the concept is ROR, Return on Relationships, How Authentic Leaders Build More Resilient Teams. So I often say that um, as leaders, we have such responsibility, right? Like we really do. We're put into these positions and, you know, to get better as a leader, oftentimes, like a lot of people don't go to maybe do their MBAs or whatever. Um, and even in, in business school, they're not teaching you the, the fine skills associated with being a great leader. So I know it, with my trajectory, I had to learn a lot of things as I was leading, you know, quite young. And sometimes there was faux pas, but oftentimes, you know, I kind of, um, you know, gained as I went. What do you think, what would you say is one of your superpowers as a leader? Thanks, Roxanne. I, I wouldn't consider it a superpower, but what I really try to focus on is um, the person, as we were talking about earlier. Authentic leadership to me means being yourself, being genuine, connecting with that person. And I find if you are connecting with that person and you're more genuine, the person that you are, mm -hmm. they will be the person that they will be. So you are in turn giving them an opportunity to succeed as well. You're, you're mentoring them, you're coaching them because they can connect with you a lot better if they mm -hmm. see you being the person that you are, then they can be the person that they are. One of the traits that I, I have, I, I do, I am an empath, empathetic leader and I, I do lead with my heart, but a lot of things are very factual and statistic based in a lot of the things that we do. So I have to balance both of those things. One of the traits that I think if um, most people know me is that I'm a planner. I like planning and mm -hmm. I find if I can plan the bulk of the project early, really early, a lot of people know that, and I try to work out all of the kinks. I think about what could happen. What if this happens? What are we going to do? If this happens, what are we going to do? Once that planning is in, in place for me, then it, it gives me an opportunity that if there is an emergency, which there always is, something happens, then I have the opportunity to be able to deal with that emergency. Um, I'm able to be more creative at that point because all of the foundation, all of the building blocks of the project are already in place. And that gives me the opportunity to work as things are going. I have found if I leave things later, then you're in the middle of the project and it's so hard to be creative and um, work on all of the, the products that you need to. So if I can have all of that planning done prior, get those building blocks, the foundation, and then I have lots of time for the unexpected and the creativity, bringing in more people, adding all of those little things that maybe I didn't think about at the beginning, but knowing that the project is, is safe and moving forward. So being prepared, I think is very key to your point, right? So your creativity comes from um, being prepared. So you can allow that space to, to really reflect because, you know, I talk a lot about awareness and, you know, as leaders, um, you know, the gift that I often say that you give to others is awareness of yourself. And then when you're aware about kind of, you know, why, why, did, why do you lead? Why do you come into a place of service? Um, and then you can really, in that awareness with the values and, and, and visions and mission, then you can kind of 
spread that out into who's around you. And then ultimately kind of think about, you know, when you are no longer in the role, what is it that they will see about Lori Lococo um, in the future? And I think when, when leaders get disconnected sometimes uh, to that vision, that's, that, that space about awareness within themselves, um, they might go off track. But, you know, when I train leaders or speak to them, the ones that are most centered are kind of living that space are ones that are continually um, spending time and awareness for themselves. Now you, I'm gonna assume um, that when you were at Toastmasters, at times you would have dealt with people that were not so happy or maybe had issues. What, how do you approach issues when there's someone that's maybe a bit, bit you know, out of sorts or disgruntled with, with your leadership style? I think this this opportunity comes up in whatever you do it, within Toastmasters International, all the different levels that I was at, or even at City Council. Again, going back to making the person feel heard, making the person feel that their issue is important. And one of the things uh, someone told me very early in my Toastmasters career was that sometimes the squeaky wheel in front of you is not how everyone feels. You might hear, hear that issue issue over and over again from a handful of people, but that might not be how everyone feels. At that time, we were serving 4,000 people in Ontario, and that leader said to me, you have to make decisions based on 4,000 people, not just the two loud people who are in front of you. So we would have to look at what were our goals, what were our pillars, and what were our core values. If it, mm -hmm. if it wasn't working towards those, what that individual person or a couple people were, were thinking maybe not be the best thing for all of the group. And I think that's the same with um, being in city council or leadership. We have many different races, genders, ethnicities, religions. You have so many different people, and especially with Toastmasters and living in a community, you have people from all around the world that have different ideas, different perspectives. And I, I learned there's always a phrase, things are um, there's there's two sides to every story. I think when you get into leadership, you find that there's way more than two sides. There are many different perspectives and it's not just yes or no or black or white or right or wrong. There's so many different perspectives and you have to evaluate those perspectives to see what is the decision that you're making. Are you making it for a handful of people? Are you making it for the community at large? So that's really important when you're evaluating how you're going to move forward with the decisions. How many people is that going to impact? especially with city council, you're using taxpayers' money. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, and it's really important that you really think about how, how that money is being used, who's, who's going to benefit from it. And th th those are some things that are, are challenges. You know, you have a lot of different perspectives and how do you make that decision? Of course, and not being reactive as well. You know, kind of being, um, you know, a, I talk a lot about uh, balanced processing, which is a concept in authentic leadership, which is, um, you know, you look at all the variables at any given point and you use yourself as an anchor to say, I need to remember what is in the best interest of most, which is basically what you're, you're deciding. And, you know, we're all human beings. You know, we have busier days or a lot coming at us. But to really go back to that anchor point to say, okay, right now I'm, I'm maybe I'm tired. I haven't, you know, I haven't eaten today or I haven't taken a break. 
maybe to kind of give yourself that that space to you know um, take care of yourself and then come back to the decision versus being in that kind of tumbleweed sometimes which we all get into when uh, when our days get going but to to go back to that center to make the best decision for all that's involved so and of course you know I'm one of your constituents, so I get it, right? Because I want to think that I am as valuable as everybody else, um, you know, out there. And I know with Niagara that, you know, there's been such an influx of, of uh, you know, people coming into Niagara. Now there's a lot more diversity. There's a lot more um, different perspectives. But of course, recognizing that and adjusting to that becomes important because, you know, with innovation, there's different perspectives and understanding that allows you to kind of listen and feedback to people what they're needing to hear um, as, a, as a counselor. Yes, you brought up about diversity. I think it's always important whenever you're on a team or a council or a leadership organization that you have diversity at the table because if you have all of the same people at the table making the decisions, their experience is usually the same. Their ideas, perspectives are usually the same. And that's why it's important to have a diversification at that table so we can have different perspectives if we all think the same we're going to make the same decisions and if um, talking about women in leadership having more women in leadership we have different perspectives having different um, perspectives of where you live in the world different cultures those are important to be at the table and if those are not the decision makers our constituents are not being served maybe the best that they could be because other people are making those decisions absolutely absolutely so tell me why did you choose to serve others I, I found ever since I was a, a young child I seemed to be a, a connector I know a lot of different people and everyone has a different perspective everyone has different goals everyone has different things that they can offer and what I found was I could connect people to accomplish a goal so I was a connector of people and resources and that just came easy for me and it, it's not easy for everyone but I know where to go and find the resources I know where to to connect with people and because of that it was easy to help people. And then once I started helping people, I thought, well, maybe this is something that I could do, use those talents and skills that I have to help others. Uh, I helped people read, adults learn how to read. I, it was just something that I felt very accomplished if I could help somebody. And again, you know, getting all those resources together and the information, it might not be the information that they want or the answer that they want to hear, but at least they know that you took the time, that you cared, that you went out to look for something for them. And I've always served on different boards, the Soup Kitchen, Project Share, it's something that I wanted to help in my community if I could. And, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's twofold. One, you're helping others and there's an accomplishment, a sense of pride in, in yourself. When I decided to run for city council, I thought, again, those connections that I've made with people, the resources that I, I have, I could utilize those in addition to learning all of, you know, there's always something new. We always have to learn new technology and new skills. And if you're an authentic leader, sometimes you're, you're, you're trying new things and it might not be comfortable to you at that time, but we have to try things and, and uh, improve ourselves. So it, it's really important to me to serve my community where I live. 
And so it's so important for me as well. So I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago and I moved here after going to U of T um, uh, quite young. And I've obviously lived, I've, I've worked um, at CARSA. I was on the board there. I also was a clinician there. I worked at the Pocoga General Hospital. Um, you know, I worked at a smaller provider in St. Catharines, Lidke Stop. So this is my home. And it's really so very important, you know, when you go out and uh, I would go into Project Share and see the need that we have here in Niagara, you know, it's so important for us to all um, give back in some way. So, you know, um, having those opportunities to be able to, to do that or have a voice is very, very important. Um, you know, and I can say that really I grew up in a small little village uh, in Trinidad that uh, I'm here as a there's a small part of Niagara Falls for anybody listening, not knowing Niagara. It's a little village called Chippewa and I love it because it reminds me of my home and the connections and the depth and breadth of the connections that I've built from living here has been amazing. It reminds me of a small, small, tiny little community, which is Niagara, you know? So it's really, um, now that I think back, I came here almost 30 years ago um, and it was not as diverse back then, but now it's it's really, there is a, uh, so much diversity and inclusion, which is it's, which is it's really kind of uh, refreshing um, to see. So, Laurie, for anybody that wants to know more about you or to reach out to you to even have conversations, I'm picking there's people that are maybe uh, constituents that are thinking, yeah, I'd like to chat a little bit more, um, or anything that they any platforms that they would want to um, learn about further. Where where could they go to um, connect with you? Thanks, Roxanne. I, I do have a website. It's my name, laurielococo.com. And a lot of the information is there. My phone number is there, email. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, what's the other one? Instagram. I'm on all of, <laughs> all of them. You, you can find me on all of them. And usually I have a personal connection or a um, campaign page as well. So you, I'm sure you can find me. There's a cell phone, people text, people find you in so many different ways. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of uh, all of the messages where, where the, the platforms that people are, are contacting you. But I'm always available to talk to people. It's, um, it's a great thing to learn about people and what's important to them. I'm, I'm only one person and I have my own experiences. So I rely on our residents to let me know what is important to them. And as you said, you know, you came from Trinidad, Tobago, you bring a different set of experiences and you bring them to our community. And that's why our community is so rich because we have people from all around the world coming here to live here. And then we also have people from all around the world coming to visit Niagara Falls. Of course, and the touch points, right? I live here, but I, you know, I work internationally. I'm on the Forbes Women's Executive Council. So, you know, a Niagara, it doesn't matter where I speak or people go, where do you live? Oh my goodness, Niagara Falls. Like everybody wants to, if they've either been here or they intend to come here. So obviously we, um, you know, we're, we're one of the highest attractions in the world. And for anybody listening that's you know, uh, international, uh, definitely uh, come and visit us. It's, a, it's an amazing place. So what am I taking away from today? I take it away that, you know, all of us have the capacity to lead and, and we listen. Uh, in Lori's case, she creates a space that allows people to feel completely alone or in the moment. I shouldn't say alone, but in the moment with her. What a, what a, what a gift to give someone when you're leading. So for the leaders out there that think, you know, um, I need to accentuate that more. It's just 
you know, in listening to Lori's story, or just uh, if you're wanting to connect and understand authentic heart leadership, uh, just go to roxanderhodge.com forward slash quiz. We'll give you, we'll send you a little bit of information. You'll know where you are and you could get more information from there. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.